from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Twenty-two points, twenty rebounds, seven assists. The goat goaded, and the Lakers take a three-one series lead over Memphis. Starting to get a little scared. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Eighty, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, HD. We've been saying the whole time that this game, this series, was going to go through Anthony Davis. But last night was a reminder that sometimes there are multiple ways to skin a cat. And when LeBron plays the way he plays last night and his supporting cast steps up the way they can step up, what you end up with is Memphis melting away through the fourth quarter, letting the game get away from them, and the Lakers taking a commanding 3-1 series lead with a 117-111 overtime win. Yeah, Fitz, if you would have told me that Anthony Davis would have had 12 points in this ball game, I would have told you that the Lakers was going to lose. And LeBron having 22 and not having a massive 35-plus game, I would have thought the Lakers would have lost. But the reason why they didn't was because of their supporting cast. When you have guys like D'Angelo Russell, who down the stretch when the Lakers were down seven points, comes down and hits three threes and puts them right back in, in, in the thick of things, You have a guy in Austin Reeves who scores 23 points. And no player on this Lakers roster has scored more points in this playoff series in the fourth quarter than Austin Reeves. He had seven uh, last night. Just a guy that they've really been able to count on really since the the All-Star break. Austin Reeves has been playing some unbelievable basketball for the Lakers. But then you look at Jared Vanderbilt, a guy that you really aren't expecting, you know, scoring from was able to have 15 last night. And early in that game, he really kept the Lakers in things, hitting his shots. He's known as a defensive stopper, but when you have Anthony Davis not playing up to his capabilities, especially in the first three quarters, then you have guys like that that's going to have to step up and score, uh, not score in bunches, but you know sporadically score here and there to keep things afloat. And then you have Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench having 12 points. So the supporting cast of the Los Angeles Lakers has allowed them I would say in two games right now, uh, win, win both of those games, game one and also the game last night. So shout out to those guys for being Johnny on the spot, showing up and being the supporting cast that they're supposed to be for LeBron James and also Anthony Davis because he didn't have his best game last night. I mean, think about the fact that LeBron gets his first career 2020 game, right? First career game with 20 points, 20 boards. You said, you said 20 what? 20, 20 rebounds, 20 points. 2020 oh, vision. 2020. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, if you're watching this in the app, uh, Harry has now put on. 2020? Where did we get these glasses from, Harry? Where, 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 these where? are my wife's, and they have too much damn medicine in them. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, 2020 vision and the game-tying yeah. bucket with .8 seconds left. Like, LeBron did everything he could possibly do to take control when he needed to take control. But also, to your point, everybody else around him going off. And it, it really presented this moment where, I, I'll be honest with you, I felt good a couple of times in this game. I felt I felt like I was confident a couple of times in this game. I might be able to chirp a little bit a couple of times in this game. And every time I thought that might be the case, the king answered. Uh, you know, our king, not your, my, my 
my goat, not your goat. My goat went, nah. He's still, he's still the king, but he's your goat. Okay. See, but but at some point, that's part of what this is all about. It's about LeBron being able to take control on a night where AD wasn't necessarily his best. It's about the 2020 vision, as you're showing us. And it's also about the other players around him. LeBron talked about how much it meant to accomplish these things with his new teammates. I think his answer is, his answer is pretty telling. You know, this is uh, Austin's first playoff series, and we was talking after the game, and he was just talking about how much he loved, you know, this. Like he said, it's the greatest thing he's ever been a part of, like basketball-wise. He said something else, but I can't repeat it. But um, And that, like, brought a lot of joy to me that um, I could be in a position where I can be a part of someone's experience that like, this is the greatest thing basketball-wise they've ever done. Um, that's that's pretty cool to me. Now you've been leading the Austin Reeves charge it, for man. a long time, man. So like even with those twenty twenty glasses, you're still still sporting the glasses, man. Yeah, because listen, LeBron, he's thirty eight years old, okay. right? He's a class of 03 when it comes to high school. You know, I happen to be the class of 03 as well. Did but twenty twenty, he had twenty points and twenty rebounds last night. Twenty two points to be exact. Twenty rebounds. Thirty eight years old and still able to, you know play at a very, very high level. And it's not just in the playoffs. It was, it was the entire season, though, Fitz, when he was out there, especially before he got hurt when he came back. He's able to play at this level at 38 years old. And it's just it's, it's, it's unheard of. It's unheard of, man. Well, one thing that you've been solid on since the beginning of this series is that role players were going to have to play a huge part. We mentioned Austin yes. Reeves. Uh, but let's also be real. I mean, you're talking about a game that was a five, a seven-point deficit with five minutes left in regulation. And what did D'Angelo Russell do? Like, he hopped off the back of the milk carton, showed up, got you the threes, three straight three-pointers, and it just felt like all of a sudden it was the other guys. It was the other guys around LeBron that simply stole the momentum in this game and catapulted them to this win. And I actually got to – let me let me break down how it actually got there. I think – I believe the Memphis Grizzlies missed a shot. D'Angelo Russell came down, hit a three, right? They, they, it brought the game closer. Desmond Bain goes down, has a turnover. D'Angelo Russell comes down, hits another three. Then you had Jaron Jackson Jr. missed a layup. Can't miss chippies in this league, especially not in the playoffs. Then D'Angelo Russell comes down, hits another three. But those are the shots that he's going to have to make, not just in this series, if they advance and move further – He's going to have to have moments like that when he's able to keep this team or put this team in a position to win a basketball game. It's not like he shot, you know, efficiently from the field, but his three three-pointers were so timely and put the Lakers in a position to be able to, you know, have LeBron hit the, uh, the layup at the end of sending the game in overtime. So when you're able to have that from D'Angelo Russell, a guy that was traded for, Jared Vanderbilt, a guy that was traded for, right? Two guys right there that we're talking about made a major, had a major impact on the basketball game last night. Yeah, and, and I keep thinking about, by the way, it's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, uh, Harry sporting the uh, oh-so-good. Yeah, I, I can come out these uh, Well, I mean, I just worry about you getting a little headache, man, wearing glasses. You don't need, That's I why don't I had to man. take them out. A lot of medicine in those. It's just, you, you, I don't want you getting a headache the rest of the show and not being yourself. So uh, one thing that, that stood out to me as you mentioned it is Looking back on this, I mean, Bain had 36 points in that uh, throughout the course of the night. Had a really big game. Took over at points, uh, you know, in the second half particularly. Ja, on a bad hand, 19 points. Like, uh, you can look across the board. Jaron Jackson Jr., 14 points, 14 boards. Like, you look across the board and say, man, they did everything right, but... My God, when they needed a stop, when they needed somebody to step up, like Tyus Jones is somebody that we've been high on. He barely played in this game. When they needed a stop, 
they just couldn't get one late. It felt like one team rose while the other team was just shriveling. Memphis just shriveled in front of our very – like my hopes at a 2-2 series and being able to talk all sorts of smack today shriveled, just shriveled in front of my eyes while the Lakers rose up. I, 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 it's unreal well, to me. Well, yeah, the Lakers defensively, they were able to get the stops. And I think we've seen that also, right, in the play-in game against the Minnesota Timberwolves when they needed to step it up and have the defensive uh, intensity rise to the occasion. They were able to do that. Also in their wins in this series, they have been able to do that as well. And I, and I would say this, time and time again, coming into this playoffs, what was my main concern about the Memphis Grizzlies? Their outside shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Well, last night they shot nine for 42 from a three-point line. That's mm. 21% from three. You had Desmond Bain, even though he had 36 points, he went 3 for 12 from the three-point line. John Morant went 1 for 6. Jared Jackson Jr. went 0 for 4. Dylan Brooks went 1 for 7. I don't know how you're going to win like that if you're living by the three and dying by the three, especially when you're already a basketball team that struggles from that three-point line. Yeah, I didn't love that section of shot selection even from Ja. I mean, think about the fact that he went 8-24 eight, eight from the field. Like his it's a hands, reason why they're giving hands, them to him. Right. It's a reason why. And when your hand's bothering you, at least go in and like try and make something happen. But I, it, it just felt like Memphis, every opportunity they had to put the Lakers away, they couldn't get that bucket they had to get. And to your point, yeah. guys like D'Angelo Russell were able to run off those threes. And, and maybe D'Angelo Russell hasn't been the most impactful throughout the course of this series at times. But those are the moments where you're reminded sort of what, what you're paying for. Like There are certain guys that you want in that situation that you know are going to be able to take care of it. Austin Reeves is an unexpected delight. Ooh, D'Angelo Russell man. showing up doing what he, he needed to do. LeBron being the way. It almost felt to me like at times like LeBron was just telling AD like, hey, don't worry about it. You, you just you hang back. Save a little of that. Like I'm going to go take care of this. <laughs> like it, it was watching one team put it on their shoulders and the game wasn't too big for them. I, I, I am for the first time in this series I'm a little nervous. I'm not. I'm not saying it's over. It's just Uh-oh. I'm a little. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Down three one. Got to get three straight wins. Uh-oh. I'm a little nervous. Well, I thought you said yesterday that you were confident that the Memphis Grizzlies were going to win last night. You want to tell me with five minutes to go that you weren't thinking, oh, man, he's going to be a handful tomorrow. Like, I, I mean, five minutes ago, this game was done. Memphis should have won this I don't know one. if we have the clip or not, but maybe at some point throughout the show we can find it and just replay it so our listeners can hear yeah, what you, you said know what? yesterday. I, I'll remind everybody right now. We're about to have three games. Two of them are in Memphis. <laughs> you only got one day off between each of them. You got all this travel with a bunch of old guys. I'm all in on this. Memphis can still run off three in a row. Three in a row? Three in a row. You do realize uh, Memphis has to travel back to L.A. Yeah. too. Is that not a, a tough trip for them? It's only the Lakers. Devin, how, De- old, De- how old are De- you, Dev, watch this, though, Devin, Dev. I'm, I'm really about to get them. Hold on. I'm about get to get, get you really quick, Fitz. Mm-hmm. So the Memphis Grizzlies are about to win three games in a row against your GOAT? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah, because it's a team game, not an individual that? game. Yeah, no, it's a team game, not an individual Ooh, game. Man. Not an individual game. Like, remember. Well, if, they, if, if they pull this off. I gotta give you. I got a little tour. I got a little tour crown. I gotta give you the crown, man. You know what? I mean, remember, Michael was <laughs> was at one point a long time ago. Michael was a goat. He still lost to those bad boy teams. All right, uh, we're just gonna keep throwing that fire on. I cannot wait for a seven game series win for Memphis. I'm gonna double down on this all the way uh, through through hell and back. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers uh, being traded to the Jets at twelve thirty. Plus, me. I know we all know. Uh, huge news. Everybody's talking about it. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. We've got a lot to talk about. Trey been waiting for months to get done. LeBron steals the spotlight, of course. Plus, LeBron silenced one yapping Memphis star. Did he shut him up for good? Tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Yeah. 
LeBron, top of the key with Xavier Tillman on him. LeBron drives to the rim. He's going for two. Lays it up. And in. LeBron driving to the rim. And in. Cross off foul. LeBron flexing in front of the crowd. I was able to make a couple plays to help us be successful. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Top of the key with Xavier Tillman on him. LeBron drives to the rim. He's going for two. Lays it up and in. LeBron driving to the rim and in. Cross off foul. LeBron flexing in front of the crowd. He still has that passion, that grit to want to be on top and to want to put his team in position the right way to be successful. And that's what you saw. I was able to make a couple plays to help us be successful. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. The Lakers get a huge 117-111 win in overtime against Memphis last night. And LeBron gets the 2020 performance in the process of doing it. Let's break down some of the greatness we saw from one of our greatest, co-host of Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, Jay Williams. Jay Will joins us right now. Jay Will, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, you're watching this last night. What did you see from LeBron that uh, stood out to you? Well, first off, what's up, boys? The, the, the thing I saw was, um, look, if, if you watch the Lakers consistently throughout the course of the year, they're extremely inconsistent. Now, they've had runs in which AD has been hurt. LeBron's had to carry the torch and vice versa. But the thing you always worry about them is, you know, are they going to keep their foot on the gas? So in, in a day where, you know, shots aren't going down, AD is holding his hip, you're not sure about him until down the stretch, LeBron at 38 years old is doing all the little things to help your team win games in the mud, in the trenches. And that's not what we say about people who are 38 years old, right? So the blocking the shots, taking the charge on John Morant, driving the ball down the stretch. And these are things that you just – it continues to, for me as a fan, remind me of the greatness that I get a chance to witness. We always get into the details. We always get into the legacy. But last night I truly found myself just being a fan of LeBron James, literally staring at the screen in awe because he's able to do this at the age of 38 years old. And he's, you're finding that competitive fire. And Dylan Brooks – didn't poke the bear. Uh, he's awakened the bear because LeBron carried the torch with a team that was inconsistent during the entire game. I'm glad you brought up Dylan the villain since he claims uh, that that's the narrative that we're painting on him. He wanted this role. He's not embracing it. Didn't meet with the media for a second time. Since he poked that bear, Jay Will, he's only had 18 points totally. Seven for 23 from the field, two for 13 from threes. But I want to get your pers- your perspective on, you know, Dylan not meeting with the media after the last two matchups. So, Harry, like, I'm all about owning who the hell you are, right? And, and, and drawing that line in the sand, regardless of good or bad, and just, this is my line. So, to me, this is the epitome of front runners. 
this is what people have been saying, just not only about Dylan Brooks, but about the Memphis Grizzlies in general. He wasn't the only one who didn't talk to the media. That was John Morant, too. Now, John Morant gets a pass because John Morant is one of the elite competitors in the game of basketball. But Dylan Brooks, if you're going to say things like, yeah, we want all the smoke, we want to run up the chimney, if you want to call LeBron James old, then you have to sit up there and in the same breath, take this ass whooping. You have to take it and own it and accept it. Because for me now, I'm sitting there saying, well, you said all this stuff beforehand, but now you want to run away or you want to become small or you want to disappear. No, (laughs) you had a big personality. Let that big personality have ownership of the two L's back to back. And LeBron James has baited Dylan Brooks the same way he baited Draymond Green in the Mm -hmm. 2016 NBA Finals with a kick. You saw LeBron come over to him, talk to him beforehand, and and now who's sitting there having the last laugh. So I I think Memphis is going to get the win back at home. They need to get the win and the series is over. But I I just want to see Dylan Brooks, as much as you own the microphone when things are going in your favor, own it when they're not because that makes me appreciate you more. Now, CJ Will, I'm holding up a piece of firewood right now. You can't see me, but I'm going to tell you. I'm holding up a piece of firewood <laughs> because, see, we're going to light this fireplace because that's what the you know, Los Angeles Lakers have done. They've lit the fireplace. But, see, they're the ones that's going up the chimney, not the damn Memphis Grizzlies. Let me go ahead and drop this firewood. Okay. That, we got props mm. going, Jay. Well, we got props mm. going on this show. I'm telling you. We're, Are we're, you, Harry? <laughs> Bre- Bre- <laughs> All right. So, Jay Will, you know, we're never supposed to ask biased questions, but I'm going to lean and bias this. I sat on first take and said that the Lakers weren't going to get out of the the first round of the playoffs. I'm getting destroyed for it now. Give me solutions here. Uh, in my thoughts and prayers tonight, when I'm praying for the Grizzlies, what can they actually do to win this series moving forward? Well, Jaron Jackson needs to have a big game. I mean, he, he's been very silent since the first game. Uh, John Moran obviously needs to play. It, it feels as if Memphis just hasn't really clipped. Um, this is this is a different team than what we saw throughout the course of the regular season, and there's a tendency sometimes, I think, to over-rely on John Morant. Desmond Bain played well. It's the first time he's played well in the last game, pretty much the entire series. So it just comes back to defending home court. Got to defend home court. And the last two out of three games are on the road for the Lakers. It's a long distance. And I think right now, if you're Memphis, you got to pick up the pace of the game. You got to run more. Because what happens as you dig deeper into series – the legs of the Lakers are older, and I think they need to rely upon those young, youthful legs and increase the amount of possessions in games, and they need to defend at a high level. They haven't been playing Memphis defense-type basketball over the last four or five games. So, look, and their backs are against the wall because I think we're going to be entering an offseason, but there's going to be a lot of questions around Dylan Brooks and the supporting cast as this team is trying to piece themselves together for what's in the future. Now, Jay, I want to jump to the Miami Heat versus the Bucks series. And uh, you said this morning that you still like the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks to win that series. So do I, even though they're down 3-1. But in your eyes, uh, why do you think that? Because half the damn team is undrafted, Harry. <laughs> like, and, and, and by the way, I really I, – there, there are two people that I challenge. And this is what we do internally in locker rooms. Number one, the head coach, I do not understand for the life of me how the defensive scheme did not change one time, not one time for Jimmy Butler, for a guy that had 20 straight points in the first quarter, down the stretch, forced Kyle Lowry to beat you, forced Gabe Vincent to beat you, 
force Max Struess to beat you. Force Bama to beat you. But you can't allow a guy who comes into the game with 8-11 in the fourth and then scores 20, 21 points in the fourth. Force somebody else to beat you. He is their lone answer to all the questions. So that blew my mind. And secondly, I know what the numbers are that skew in his favor when Drew Holiday is guarding Jimmy Butler. But this is – look, when, you, when your back is against the, the wall, boys, we have this old saying at Duke, there's just no excuses. So mm-hmm. I know Giannis is coming off the back injury, but I also want to see when Drew Holiday is not in the game, the defensive player of the year guard Jimmy Butler. I need to see it. I need to see the best player in basketball say, no, I'm guarding him and I'm going to stop him. Me, because there's nobody else that is dropping 56 on our team. So I want to see the Greek freak be the guy to lock up Jimmy Butler because for as talented as Jimmy Butler is, it does feel like the Miami Heat is the team of overachievers. Like the, the names I just mentioned, it, it, they're a good team, but the Bucks are a team that can win three games in a, well, in a row, and the Bucks should win three games in a row with the talent that the Bucks have had considering they've been the best team with the Celtics going back and forth in Eastern Conference for the entire season. Well, maybe Coach Bud need to need to sit down and have him a Bud Wiser mm-hmm. to think of a different defensive strategy because <laughs> I agree with you. The damn one that he has right now is not going to work. Jay will uh, maybe maybe Harry he needs something stronger. Maybe a glass of scotch. Mm-hmm. Maybe something to start or, bringing or, out the or, juice. or Jay or this bottle of nineteen forty two, courtesy of you, my friend. You don't have to pour alcohol into my wounds, Harry. Uh, I mean, I'm just y'all got this wrong. Maybe he needs to smoke some bud like that would be my more my, my approach All right. uh, Will, something uh, thanks for hanging out with us man love uh, love chatting with you my friend thanks so much for giving us time. you already had a grind of a morning thanks for hanging out with us too appreciate it all good boys have a good show that's jay williams co-host of Keyshawn jay will and max uh, fitz and harry presented by progressive insurance protect your family your phone and your furry friends with life electronic device and pet health insurance harry thinks the jets gave up a haul for aaron Rodgers, but does he think it was worth it We'll finally get to the trade of the millennium next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official. The trade that we've been waiting for finally has been agreed to. Aaron Rodgers is being sent to the Jets, and the Jets have a quarterback, and the Packers have extra draft capital. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official, finally. Green Bay has really set themselves up for the next couple of years to not only be able to maneuver if they find a quarterback, if they find out that Jordan Love is not the guy. Jets are Super Bowl contenders. That remains in place. He could potentially be traded for two number one picks and the number two pick. That is a massive cost for the Jets that had to do it. It's official, finally. I don't know, about 20 hours ago, we were pretty certain that the lead for this show, the whole show, was just going to be about Aaron Rodgers finally being a New York Jet. Now, LeBron did 
Godian things. We're making that up as a new word. And all of a sudden, that has hijacked the first 30 minutes of the show. But we can finally get to the news that rocked the show on a very personal level. Because Evan, producer extraordinaire, is a massive Jets fan. So immediate, and he just ran out. I was going to throw to Evan to get his immediate reaction. Wow. And Evan walked. Evan is wow. so excited. It's Fitz and wow. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, Evan is so excited, he just stormed out. I he think goes, he's going to get Jets gear. You right? threw the ball to him, and he pissed down his leg. He, yeah. rose, he runs out, he goes, oh, I got to get my I got. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He didn't even have his headphones? We're, no, he, can't, he wouldn't be able to hear himself if he's talking. We're doing a radio show, and the producer, oh, wow. the producer didn't even have his headphones oh, with shame. him. Here he is. Now he's walking in. Shame. Shame on him. Shame but on you. Know you. What? Here's the thing I don't blame him. I don't blame him for being a little excited because we all saw what happened yesterday. It's become a viral sensation in a story that was great to hear Dan Orlovsky talk about today of, of seeing the look on uh, Shefty's face, not knowing what was coming, and then all of a sudden getting the spectacular news that Aaron Rodgers has been traded in a huge trade. So the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. All right, they get the 15th pick in this year's draft. That'd be the first round pick. And they get uh, pick number 170. The Packers get the 13th pick in this year's draft. So we're talking about a pick swap, basically 15 and 13. The Packers also get the 42nd pick. That's a high second round. And the uh, 207th pick. It Notably, next year, they will get a 2024 conditional pick. It's a second rounder right now. If Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, no statistics needed, 65% of the plays, that second rounder becomes a first rounder. So for all intents and purposes, a first rounder next year. Evan, Jets fan extraordinaire, your level of excitement from 0 to 100 was? Yeah, it was 100. Okay. Why aren't we doing out of a million? Last time we did a million. It was, it was zero out of a million. Devin got weird with the math last time. There were million. half fractions. Uh, okay. My excitement's at a million. Okay. Well, especially when Devin chose the number 69, he, he really went out yeah, of crazy. Yeah, that's where things got weird with Devin. Uh, we're, we're one to, you're a million. You're, you're, oh, I'm, I'm a million. Have, I, I mean, it's, it's like relief also because you kept telling me, you know, this may not get done. What happens? I had people saying, oh, what if the 49ers jump in? Those, those idiots decided to come out of the woodwork. It was just way too long. Because it took so long, people just came out of the woodwork and started saying, asinine things and finally the deal is done the Jets have Aaron Rodgers the Jets also have their first round pick they have a top 15 pick so yeah my excitement level is pretty high uh here's the follow-up question and Harry I think you'll appreciate this we all know Mm -hmm. that sometimes when you need a new sport coat for dress for success Wednesdays you go to the children's section because you're particularly small in stature right uh, have you ordered a kids Aaron Rodgers jersey yet? Number eight? Are we are we are we rocking the kids eight? So I this is funny because yes I do buy kids jerseys. Okay. A they're cheaper and they fit me better. Okay. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I guess a man enough to admit that I don't what know. The hell that is might be going on? Come on, man. man. Okay. <laughs> But I have not ordered the jersey yet because I have a propensity to buy jerseys and then the guy just falls flat. So I've bought mm. a Mike Nugent jersey, yes, the kicker, and he was terrible for the Jets. I wait, 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 I wait. A, what, what what possesses you to buy a kicker's jersey? I had a bet with somebody that I would okay. buy the jersey. I needed a new Jets jersey, and I would buy the Jets jersey of whatever their first pick was that year. And uh, Mike Tannenbaum, God bless him, traded the first-round pick for Doug Jolly. That didn't work out, Mike. And then decided to draft <laughs> Mike Nugent with his second-round pick. That didn't work out either, Mike. So I was stuck buying a Mike Nugent jersey. 
Okay, I, I respect wow. that. Uh, it's actually a really good story for where I thought it was gone. You know what? Yeah. Hey, you've actually inspired me. You know what? I haven't bought a Raiders jersey in years. Maybe this is the, maybe that will reverse the trend. Maybe if I buy a Raiders jersey for whoever their first round pick is, Andy it Richardson. will. Re- okay. Oh, you son of a biscuit. All right, so look, we, we've seen this go down, but I think there is an important note here. 15 and 13, were, was, we're going to call this a pick swap. So for anyone yep. that's been paying attention to the draft, the Jets had the 13th pick in the draft. They now have the 15th pick, and that moves the Packers up to 13, which is substantial because that puts them ahead of New England, who has some comparable needs. Now, Harry and I will be part of the draft coverage on digital, uh, but so we obviously we care a lot about these draft picks. When you saw the amount of draft picks going out there, HD, you think it was too much? Oh, I think the thing that, that stands out to me is the 2024 second-round conditional pick that has the opportunity to go to a first-round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps with the Jets. Um, but I also want to give people the mindset of this, right? If you was to trade for Aaron Rodgers coming off those two back-to-back MVP seasons, it would have been a overhaul, a, a boatload more than what the Jets gave up. Also, you got to look at the quarterback position, uh, the lack of quarterback play that you actually had last season and how that position cost you a lot of games and potentially cost you a playoff berth. You're getting a guy who's a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion, and just knows how to play that uh, position uh, throughout, through in and throughout. So is it a bit much? I think that, I think that, that conditional pick was the, the icing on the cake for the Packers. But when you look at it from the Jets' perspective, they're like, man, we're going all in on this, on this human being, Aaron Rodgers, so he can take us to the promised land. Now in the AFC, when you've got to go against a Mahomes, a Burrow, a Josh Allen, a Herbert, Lamar Jackson and company, a Trevor Lawrence, you have a guy that can go toe-to-toe with those guys. So part of me wants to say that that conditional pick it may have been a little too much, but at the same time, if you were trading for Aaron Rodgers coming off that back-to-back MVP season, you would have gave up uh, a lot more. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. Here's the thing, to to your point, too. It's rare that we have trades that are win-wins. I think the Packers got great return in this situation, and the first-rounder next year is going to be key. But also, I can't say this loud enough, the Jets did not overpay. Because to your point, you only have one shot at a Super Bowl in the AFC now. You have to have a guy. And if you don't have an easy path to get a guy in the draft, you better find that guy through trade or through free agency. Well, that guy is not in free agency. And frankly, the rest of the roster, as we've talked about so much, is built to win right now. You just added the one thing that is your problem. You fixed your Achilles heel. You got a quarterback. And frankly, I don't care if he plays one year. I don't care if he plays two years. I don't care if he plays three years. If it gives you a better shot at the Super Bowl right now, you'd be asinine to not make this move. The rest of the Jets roster is so good good that this is a perfect move for New York and I don't think it could have overpaid for it because now New York has a Super Bowl chance. Now just do the right thing with that 15 pick. You take an offensive lineman. If Perry Johnson Jr. is there, you take him. If not, you got Broderick Jones and also you got Darnell Wright. Oh man, I think in Paris, John, like this also changes a lot of what we're going to watch at the beginning of the draft. We'll get to the draft stuff later in this, but man, if you are a team in the market for Paris Johnson, you got to get ahead of 13. If you are in the market for Peter Skaronsky, you got to get ahead of 13. And if you're thinking of trading down, you can't trade down farther than that pick. That is now the floor for any of these great offensive linemen. The question is, what Aaron Rodgers are the Jets actually getting? We'll break that down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official, finally. And here are the details. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15, a 2023 fifth round pick. The Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 second round pick, a sixth round pick, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a one if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year. Aaron Rodgers is finally headed to New York, which means instead of speculating about what it could mean, we can now speculate about what it actually means. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The first part of the speculation, of course, has everything to do with Aaron Rodgers' past offseason habits. Because question number one is, will he be part of of the off-season program. That is obviously something everybody had on their mind, and that is something that uh, Adam Schefter had plenty to say about. I will be honest with you. Uh, Yes, I've got the number here. Uh, This is Adam Schefter talking about Rodgers being part of the program. I think part of this was he wanted to be a part That's a big of the deal. offseason program. And obviously, yeah, the Jets want him there. Obviously, he's not going to have a hard time picking up the <coughs> offense, being that Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator. But he now will be cleared to be a part of the Jets offseason program, which began last week. And he can take part in these drills and get to know his new teammates. Harry, how huge is that for you? It's, it's big. Um, we see it play an, uh, an effect on the football team last year in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers wasn't there and they got new pieces in Romeo Dobb and Christian Watson and also Sammy Watkins. Uh, not being there really hurt that football team early on in the season and they start to catch their groove late. Now Aaron Rodgers understands, or I hope he understands, you know, how difficult that was for them offensively a year ago. Now when you go to your new team, the Jets, you want to get there early, right? So you can build that rapport, you can build that chemistry with not just, you know, your offensive players, but also your defensive guys, right? I've been on a lot of teams, fits where, you know, the defense and the offense mingled and mixed together, um, you know, shared lockers in the locker room. When we played cards, guys hung out with one another uh, outside, away from the facility. I think that's massive. I think that's huge. So you can have that back and forth in OTAs, you know, with the secondary uh, of the Jets and, you know, those linebackers and those guys, when they when they make plays, you can congratulate them and they can say, you know what, I made a play on Aaron Rodgers today. That's a confidence booster, right? So being in that building early as possible so you can build what you want to do on the football field because a lot of things that, that go on late in the football season are built in the offseason. So I just think it's a magical thing that Aaron Rodgers has the mindset that he wants to hurry up and get in there so he can build that chemistry with not just his offensive teammates, but everyone on that football team. I love the words you used, chemistry, and I want to give it a little bit of a spin here because uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, in my mind, chemistry, what, what we think about, what I think about when, I, when I'm as a fan, I, I hear Aaron Rodgers' chemistry, and I think timing with wide receivers. But to your point earlier, it's about so much more than that when you think about what it brings to the building. Like, there are special yep. times, no matter what you do, like there were special groups that I toured with. Like, some artists that I toured with, I had no desire to really be there. We didn't like each other that much. We were just doing it for the money. And you can feel that after a while. Then you have moments in your touring life where, man, there's just a different vibe to all of it. And you feel the energy, and you got a bunch of hits, and suddenly life is changing for you. You feel that happen. Uh, we, you and I together, working every day on this show, one of the reasons that we love doing it, one of the reasons that this show we hope is really giving off the best of who we are is because of our friendships together and our energy together and you start to think about what that means for everybody in the building like 
if you are Sauce Gardner, if you are Brees Hall, if you are Garrett Wilson, you're sitting around today with a little bit different energy. Like, it's just about the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers coming into the room. Like, Austin Reeves has a different energy knowing he plays with LeBron. You can't tell me that there isn't a benefit just to being around the building for that particular reason so that everybody gets buy-in to, like, what we're doing right now is special because we got a special guy in the building. I'm going to tell you how important it is, Fitz, and I'm going to use three cases in which I work in the media world now. Me and you, we do things outside of work, so we know each other inside and out. We have great chemistry on air. Also, when I'm doing Countdown to College Game Day, me, Harry Lyles, and Christine Williamson, we do so many things outside of our job and our work to when we get on camera and we get on set – it's a no-brainer, and we have that chemistry. I just finished the XFL, my last XFL game. It was me, Stormy Bonantoni, and also Tom Luganbill and John Schifrin. We do things outside of our job. Therefore, when we get on air, it brings a better product because we have that chemistry. Being there with your teammates if you're Aaron Rodgers is very imperative, and it's important if you want to have the right success, the success that you're coming to Green Bay to have later on in the season when it comes to January, December, January, February football. February is the Super Bowl, and I'm pretty sure Jets fans, the Jets organization, and also Aaron Rodgers and company, they're planning on playing in February. That's why you go get an Aaron Rodgers. By the way, I mentioned Sauce Gardner. He's going to join this show, Fitz and Harry, tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. We'll get his thoughts on exactly what Harry's talking about. But, Harry, I keep thinking even when you talk to guys that used to play the game, and obviously you know this as well as anybody, you've talked before about Tony Gonzalez coming into your locker room and what it meant. But I keep thinking yep. about just the grind of the season and how sometimes – it's that little extra give-a-damn that really makes a difference. And guys will tell you, when you ask them later, what did you see about this this team that made him a championship team? How often do you see or hear that there was this brotherhood in the locker room? There was a there was a different connection to the way we did business. Like, that team felt special. These are all, like, that's the secret sauce that you can't just put on a dream team. And that's why the number of times we see dream teams assembled and they sort of fall apart, that doesn't mean it's going to be a dream mesh of personalities. What I love about the Jets is that so much of their existing core they're able to keep in this process and now they're just adding that one level of holy you know what we've got that guy excitement to it like that is the perfect cream cheese frosting on top of the perfect cupcake well i'll tell you this uh now when i played we had 16 uh game season now they have 17 game season right and it's a grind fits uh, but when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and also the other veterans who come in the offseason and are part of the OTAs, the, the offseason program, and you get in training camp and you grind. So when you hit late November, early December, right, and you see someone is struggling and you go over there, you put your arm around them and you tell them, hey, it's going to be OK. I went through the same things when I was coming up, when I was young in my first few years in the NFL, just fight through it. It means that much more when someone goes through these uh, tough times in the offseason in the grind and the hot sun with you more so than someone not being there and trying to do it. Yeah, and all of this raises the expectation across the board. The question is, how will Coach Robert Sala manage expectations that come with a blockbuster trade and a big personality in Aaron Rodgers? We'll figure that out next. Fitz and Harry hanging out with you on ESPN Radio and, as always, on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 